Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you, thank you. Wow, it's so good to be back in church. Welcome back for others that have been on holidays and uh, God of glory, majesty. Wow, that just got my heart. Wow. I'm going to preach today on do everything for the glory of God. That's what the Holy Spirit's spoken for today. But before we do, I felt as we were worshipping that there were some people going round and round in circles. You feel like your life is going in circles and you just make a breakthrough and then you're back where you were. But I believe the Lord's saying this year, it's time to stop going in circles and the Spirit of God wants to lead you into a pathway of freedom and victory and purpose. No more just going through, round in circles. If you're a dancer, spinning in circles can be fun. But in life, it's very dangerous and boring and frustrating. And God says, it's time, it's time. I want to take your hand and lead you into a place of victory and freedom. No more fear and shame locking you into where you are because God's called you. The God of glory has called you to walk and live in freedom. Because when you're spinning, you can't see the path ahead. And there are some people here today searching for answers. You've been searching for a while and you're in church today and God says, today's your day to meet Jesus. To meet Him in a fresh way. Holy Spirit, just draw hearts right now. If you've been going in circles or you feel like you have, it might have been just recently or it could be in year for years. And it's time, it's time. Or you've been searching for wisdom or purpose. If any of them are you, just reach out your hand to heaven because I want to pray for you right now. Come on, just reach up. By reaching out, you're saying, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to connect with your purpose. Maybe it's a relationship that just seems to keep on going in circles and no breakthroughs. God, by your spirit, I reach out right now. Pour in faith, pour in hope. Lord, today... Let us not look back at the past and see what's been, but we look forward with hope to what can be in You. Lord, lift our eyes to see freedom from just going in mundane circles, frustration lifting, addictions and strongholds robbing us. Lord, I thank You today for fresh hope and breakthrough in the Name of Jesus. Right now, Lord, I release freedom over people's hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us to lift up our eyes to you, that we don't have to keep going in the way we've been because there's fresh hope and purpose by your Spirit. Lord, I declare that today. And I thank you for your beautiful presence touching every life, meeting the searching cry of people's hearts today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. God is so good. I was reading the word for today, the devotional that many of you read, and the January the 1st, it says, do everything for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink, live your life in a way that glorifies and honours God. That's a simple but a very profound scripture and statement. 
The first question in the Westminster Catechism, who remembers the Westminster Catechism? Maybe you learned it at school or in church or uh, wherever. Others thinking, well, I've never heard of that. It was released in 1643, just before our time. And part of it reads, this is the beginning. What is the chief end of man? The answer was to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Wow. To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That deals a bit of death blow to selfies, hey? We're in a self-centered, self-focused world. It's all about us and my purpose, my fulfillment, my answers, my pleasure. Hey, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And if our world and our lives get back to that focus, we'll live in a very different world. And this really stirred my heart. The implications of that question are profound in their simplicity. If you are wise, you will make them a blueprint for the rest of this year and of your life. Glorify God, obey God and enjoy Him. And I can guarantee if you do that, everything else in your life will start to find its right place. We sometimes look for answers and we're searching for answers, but we haven't got the core values in place. And when we get that in place, a lot of the other stuff in time will find its right place. When you know your life is glorifying God, you enjoy His presence. But when your life is not glorifying God, guess what? You tend to avoid Him. You don't show up at church. You stop praying and worshipping. Think, oh, I'm not really doing right. So you hide. We learnt that from Adam and Eve, didn't we? Where are you? I'm afraid. Hiding. But I've learned in life you can't hide from God because He lives and knows everyone and is everywhere. And that's bad because without God's presence in your life, what are your chances of success? Not good. Some of us have learned that one. As you look hard, back on last year, are there things you regret because you know that God was not glorified in them? God is giving you a new year to do things differently. Glory in this sense is often associated with a person experienced God's presence in a tangible way. You'll say, hey, the glory of God was in the meeting. Why? Because you felt God's presence and love and power in a tangible way. You felt a stirring in your spirit or your mind was just alive with revelation or you sometimes physically feel his presence. Whether you feel it or sense it, the glory of God wants to fill our lives every moment every day when used this way the word glory conveys a sense of spiritual weight or heavy dignity sometimes you just feel a sense of God your spirit can be free and alive and full of joy but there's a sense of weight and responsibility about my life I've been created by God for his purpose and I want to make my life count every day there's an awareness. It's not a frivolity or a, oh, well, whatever will be, will be, and, and letting fear rule our hearts. But there's a sense of value and purpose and, and destiny and dignity about your life when you put God at the center and say, my life's for the glory of God. It adds a whole new sense of it. It lifts you to a place of value and purpose that so many people are searching for all the time. And God's called us. 
to have that in our life. The most common use of the word glory in the Bible is to describe the splendor, the holiness, and the majesty of God. That's why I love that song that Emma and the team sang today. God of glory, majesty. Wow, wow. God of glory. So 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you follow this truth, you will stay on the right path and you will have the peace and joy of knowing your life is pleasing to the Lord. When you're at peace with God, everything else shifts. You can have struggles in relationships. You can have challenges with finances or work or uncertainty of the future or the past catching up with you. All that can happen. But when you're at peace with God, you will have hope and wisdom to navigate all of those other things in our lives. Whatever circumstances may arise, you will face them with peace and confidence knowing that God is with you. So when it says to glorify God, it means in our attitudes, in our words, and our actions. We glorify God. When you lose your temper and just start yelling at people, you're not glorifying God at that moment. You're causing self, yourself and others pain and strife. That's not glorifying God. And we all wrestle with stuff and get overloaded in life. And there's a world of floating anxiety and fear across our nation and the world like we've probably never seen before to this level. But in the midst of it, we can say, God, you are greater. You are the king of glory. We're going to trust you. We're not going to let fear or anxiety or anyone else's opinions control our life. We're going to trust that you, the God of glory, is still greater. That's where we need to live. That's where we need to live. The God of glory will fill our hearts and our minds. It's so easy today to be focused on selfish, to be consumed and focused on our own needs, our own desires and our own pleasures. Jesus wants us to experience abundant life, but to make our lives count fully for Jesus every day. Hey, he wants us to enjoy the beauty of his creation, of the blessing of intimacy of relationships and marriage and family of fulfillment in your work, using your creativity, fulfilling goals and tasks and things you believe for for days or years or decades in career. God's all about the blessing of all those things. But they are not the chief goal. The chief goal is to glorify God because we are created in His image to fulfill His purpose. And I just felt God say, hey, come on, let's, let's just reorientate and make sure we're in right foundation and right focus for this year to glorify God. I don't think I've ever preached a message on glorifying God like this, but God spoke to me and said, come on, this is where we've got to be and we've got to live our lives. When we live our lives like this, everything else will shift and his kingdom will be released through our lives and our church and our nation will shift. When we've come back to our chief aim is to glorify God. That's what, that's what the early church leaders back in the book of Acts and right through our nation when our nation was formed in our constitution to honour and glorify God. And we've lost our way. But God says, come on, let's get back to the focus. Matthew 6, 9 in the Passion. I read this yesterday and my spirit leapt. This is the, the Lord's Prayer 
in the passion. This is the beginning of what Jesus said. The top said, teach us to pray. He says, pray like this. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Wow. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The, the, the writer of the Passion interpreted this way. May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Wow, if we get that back in focus, a lot of the other stuff that consumes and fills and hassles and frustrates our lives, you'll find a purpose of God will lead you through that. Bible says, all things work together for good. If it's not all working for good yet, it means the end is not yet. So don't give up. God's still at work. God's still at work. Wow. May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. That's going to be a core value for me for this year. That has just gripped my soul. Wow. Romans 3.23, Pastor Pete mentioned about sin at communion and Jesus come. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have, when sin comes, it tears our soul. It affects our relationship with God. But it says we will end up falling short of the glory of God. Because you and I are created in his image to be his sons and daughters. And when there's sin separating us from God, we're not fulfilling the plan and God's not glorified through our lives like it should be. That's why it's so important to make sure we keep short accounts with God. Don't let sin and shame rule you and rob from you because God's not being glorified like he could be or should be through your life. And that's a huge challenge, but we need to understand that um, word to fall short. They actually still use that term in archery. I remember years ago I was working in a bank and uh, I got to know one of these guys he used to come and bank every day for a business and uh, he was into archery. I said, how was your weekend? He said, oh, I did a bit of sinning again on the weekend. And I thought, what? That was a really unusual response when you say, how was your weekend? So I did a bit of sinning. Most people aren't that honest to confess to the person at the bank. I didn't know him really well. I said, sinning? What do you mean? He says, well, it's an archery term that if you shoot your arrow and it falls short of the target, you are sinning. I thought, whoa. That'll preach. <laughs> and that's, that's true. It's still used in archery at times. It's probably not as common as it used to. But you fall short of the goal. And that's what the Bible says. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The goal of your life is to honour and glorify God and, and His love and grace and the fruit of His Spirit flows through our lives. So, you don't have to go and learn archery to learn this principle. 
Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So when we come back to Jesus, have our sins and our shame and all of that healed and restored and we give it to God, then we can come into a place and your life will begin to glorify God again like it was always destined and planned to be. Wow. We need the grace and forgiveness of Jesus every day in our lives. We all need it every day. There are plenty of temptations today to let fear rule our hearts, that anxiety or anger or offence at what people say or do on social media or personally. And uh, the keyboard warriors out there are designed to try and offend people. Don't let that undermine you. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus Let's deal with wisdom, with the issues that face us every day in this ever-changing world. But God's grace is there to help us. Psalm 24, 7 to 10, and the scripture that Mary Lynn shared, and uh, it's in my message as I was planning this week. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? He's referred to as the King of glory. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. When you lift up your heads, you're inviting Him to come and fill your mind. You're not looking down. You're not looking in. You're not looking out at others. You are looking up to Him and the King of glory will sort out your attitudes, your perspectives, your mindsets. He will do that because you're inviting the King of glory to come and live and rule in your heart and your soul in your household and your business. It says, lift up the ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. Didn't just use the word mighty, but almighty. Almighty means greater than any other mighty person or being. He's the Lord Almighty. When we feel weak, afraid, not coping, you need to hang out with the Lord Almighty, the King of glory. Make room for Him to fill your heart through our worship, through our prayer, through our devotion, through our fellowship, by our lifestyle of faith, as Matt preached last week. Let's be people of faith where we make room for the King of glory. Lift up your heads. It starts with your thinking and your, your uh, perspective. Lift up your heads. To look to the King of glory. Let Him come in and fill your soul. Overflow our lives for His purpose. You know, Jesus will literally come back again one day because He said, I'm coming back. Maranatha, the Lord comes. He's coming back. We're getting closer every day. But I'm not quite sure He's going to come back today. He could and I'm ready. But I believe that God wants to win many more into the kingdom before He comes back. And there's a great move of God and there's a stirring. It's time for us to arise. And in the darkness, the light's going to shine. And He's literally going to come back. But I believe He wants to come every day in His presence and glory to fill our souls. The King of glory to come in. Let's live in the expectation He could come back any day. But let's plan for the next 50 years so we can win this world to Jesus and raise up godly generations. Let's live with both perspectives. Not either or, but both. And that's when you'll live a life that's glorifying God 
and not living with fear or escapism or hiding, but let's live with His glory filling our hearts. Isaiah 60, verse 1. These are the verses I preached the first Sunday I was here over 20 years ago in this church. I said, what do I speak to these people? The pulpit was over there. Church was around there are a lot less people here, but God spoke to me. You've got to speak these words. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. That sounds like that's happening right now. But... Thank God for the buts in Scripture. But, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. This was prophetically speaking of Israel in the Old Testament, but most of Isaiah is a prophetic book pointing to Jesus or the body of Christ and the church. So we have every right to take the prophetic word that Isaiah was declaring over the body of Christ today. It says, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your heads to the king of glory. <clears throat> Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. That's a great promise for anyone who's got kids or grandkids that are not following God because God says they're on their way back. Your sons and daughters will come from afar, from being away from God, from doing their own purposes, from living out of selfishness or offence or pain or brokenness or fear. God says, they will come back from afar. Come on, we've got to live with the reality of this. This is the truth that we need to declare and live with. They're carried on here. Then you will look and be radiant. Wow, wow. The church, we should be radiant. Not saying, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to cope? How are we going to get through this? Hey, the Bible says we can be radiant when we arise and shine and the glory of God's upon us. I'm always amazed at weddings. I've done hundreds of weddings and the bride is radiant. Just glowing. I love looking at some people the day they get saved or the day they get baptised in water, they're just radiant. There's, it's like they're glowing. The lights went off, I'm sure we'd be able to see because it's, it's just like, <laughs> they're just glowing. There's, there's life and joy and freedom and, and power just overflowing their hearts how come we lose some of that in the pressures of life God help us to be radiant to radiate your love and your glory and your presence it says then you will look and be radiant and your heart will throb and swell with joy Woo! isn't it awesome when your heart's just overflowing with joy there are times in my life, I'm sure I'm just going to bust out of my skin. 
I don't know how this physical body contains sometimes. My spirit just gets so excited. I'm just jumping and leaping within. You had that where your whole spirit's just agitated with joy, not anger or fear. You just It's like your spirit just wants to be with Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, I want to be with God, but I want to be with Him, but I don't want to leave my destiny down here. He was saying, I want to be there and I want to be here. Hey, we live on the edge of two worlds, eternity and here in the kingdom of God. And we need to be bursting, swelling with joy. If you haven't had joy for a while and, and fear or pain or disappointment or frustration has been ruling your heart, hey, it's time to arise and shine and let your heart start to swell, fill with joy, overflow. Just let it arise in your heart. I love the next bit. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. Wow. A couple more verses on it. It talks about the camels coming. And, that, and I remember I preached a sermon about 10 years ago. The camels are coming. With resource for our church, for, for the people of God, for Christian business people, for parents, for, for people that are professionals. God says, hey, I'll bring the resources. The emotional, the spiritual, the people, the the finances for ministries and missions. And and God wants us to realise that he's not short in providing. Sometimes he has to wait a while so that till we get our hearts and our attitudes and our house in order and then he releases. Sometimes God won't pour out everything. He said, if you get it now, you're not going to know what to do with it. That's why he takes us often on a journey. In ministry, he doesn't thrust you out with everything and the anointing and power to transform a city. He'll say, hey, I want you to minister to the people next door and I'll trust you to see how you minister and care for them. I'll see how you minister and touch people in your connect group and and how you love broken people because he wants us to grow. And then he can release his glory and power. I love this prophetic revelation. There are two two key action words. Someone's like action. Arise and shine. You've got to choose to arise. Arise out of our place of going in circles or looking in the rear vision mirror all the time or afraid of the future. It says we've got to arise in our thinking and our spirit and we've got to choose to shine. Shine. Let, the, let what's inside go come out. Let the kingdom of God be revealed seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us the light has come and the glory of the lord rises upon you i love that it's not coming it has come so many people pray for revival and yes we need revival but sometimes we're always looking for something that's coming and god says hey it's already come we just got to learn to plug into it to prepare our hearts, to be open for the Spirit to overflow us. It says, the glory of the Lord has come. His presence is here. We're always waiting for something else to come. And I love the presence and the increase and the seasons of God. And I believe we're going to move, we're moving into a season of great power and authority and signs and wonders and salvation because this world desperately needs a revelation of Jesus and his kingdom and the church. We've got to arise, arise in freedom, not in fear, but arise in faith and authority and all that God's equipped us for. As we do, 
will fulfill Habakkuk 2.14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What a beautiful prophetic picture. Wow. When you look at the ocean and you see the tides come and go, Think, wow, it's incredible. The force of the water, trillions of tons of water just moves back and forward across the earth with the gravitational pull of the moon and all the other dynamics and gravitation of the earth. And you just think, wow, you can't stand there and say, waves stop, you're just going to get wet, eh? And sometimes we forget the incredible almighty God says the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea church we've got to start lifting our eyes to see what God sees your prayers will start to be full of a new level of faith and revelation oh God help us help us Listen to 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit and wherever, wherever He is Lord, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18. We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured or transformed into His very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And the glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The original, the original word for transfiguration there or transformation is the same word when Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus stood there and and the glory of God came and Moses and Elijah were there either side of him. And it was a, a moment of revelation and encouragement that Jesus as a man was to fulfill the God-given uh, purpose of salvation of the world. Transfiguration. Transformation. Wow. So it says when the Holy Spirit is Lord in your life, guess what's happening? The masks come off what mask are you wearing today I'm not talking about a physical mask is it a mask of fear is it a mask of rejection is it a mask of disappointment is it a mask of anxiety or limitation of unbelief of pain of grief there are so many masks that we allow to cover our souls and whenever we've got that happening it says it's a veil that hinders the glory of God from being released to everyone around. And that's true, isn't it? If you're living on fear and pain and trauma, you're not as free to release the glory of God as He wants us to be. Wow. Wow, Lord. Help us. Shame and pride and covetousness and jealousy, victim mentality, unbelief, Selfishness, religion, 
self-righteous. There's so many masks that can hide and cover the glory of God and freedom over our lives. Oh, Jesus, help us, help us, help us to live in your beautiful freedom. Don't have any masks over your heart and mind. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the next chapter says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made the light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Did you see that? The gospel is to cause us to come into right relationship with our Heavenly Father and then walk the journey of discipleship and freedom so that there's a release of the glory of God through your life and mine. Wow. The chief aim of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. The gospel is not just to forgive your sin, not just to give you a, a nice journey in life. It's to transform us so that we can reveal the glory of God in Christ to our broken, confused, hurting world. Hebrews 2, 3 and 4 says, This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified it to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. The Holy Spirit's pouring out his fruit and gifts in our lives, his signs and wonders and miracles through Jesus to reveal the kingdom of God and that same Spirit is now at work in and through us so that his kingdom of healing and grace and love and purpose can break loose across our world. Our city needs this more than ever. Our families need this more than ever. And the enemy's tried to silence the church. He's tried to get people looking down and in and back instead of getting us to lift our eyes to see God's amazing glory being released upon the body of Christ and His glory. Come on, let's lift our heads up. Let's lift our heads up. Lift our heads up. Lift them up so that we can experience His grace and power and glory. A couple more verses to wrap it up today because I could go all day on this, the glory of God, but I know our bodies couldn't handle that and we all need a cuppa in 15 minutes. Hebrews 1.3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory. Wow. Jesus has come to radiate the glory of God. And the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So Jesus, when we've been doing the Chosen series, we look at how Jesus interacted with people and humanity and religion and pain. and He's there revealing the glory of God. So when we look at Jesus, we see his glory. When we let him live in us, his glory is revealed. 
to our world. Next chapter, Hebrews 2, 9 says, But do we, we do see Jesus, who was made a little, made lower than the angel for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he may taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters in glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are the same family. Listen to this. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. Do you get what's happening here? Because Jesus came and paid the price for our sin. It says he identified with humanity. And now when we receive him, we are brothers and sisters with Christ. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. I don't think we really get the power of that. If we did, I know I'd live differently than what I do. There'd be no place for shame to rob me of my place. There'd be no place for rejection to steal from me my place as a son of God. You see what I'm talking about? This is, this is identity. This is to the core of our being where sin and shame and the lies of the enemy has stolen who we really are. Oh God. He's not ashamed to call you and I his brother or sister. That, that blows me away. We're going to have to unpack that more because that is just quite profound sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords through Jesus not of our righteousness or our own good deeds but through him hey if we get a hold of that we will live very different lives Lord help us Colossians 1.27 says living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory this mystery of Christ Embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Wow, that's a great mission statement verse for you. We need to read that once more. Colossians 1.27 Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Some of you saw the floods in Meribah and other places. When a flood comes through, it soaks into every little spot. Anything that's under the flood level gets saturated, gets wet. It will find every little area. Bible says when we're in Christ, His presence will flood every part of your being. Nothing left untouched. Nothing left unsaturated by his presence. Oh God, help us to open the gates and let you flood in for his glory. And it says, 
This mystery of Christ, it is a mystery, embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Oh, Jesus. There's just so much here. Philippians 4.19. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Wow. I didn't realize the word glory was so often in the Bible. It's everywhere. It's about the manifest presence of God. It's about his love filling your soul. It's about divine purpose for your being. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Worship team, come on up as I just look at the last couple of verses. I looked at two verses in Revelation that just stirred my soul. This is what the Apostle John saw in the revelation of heaven. Revelation 4.11, it says, the beasts and the elders and the angels and everyone singing this song. You are worthy, Revelation 4.11, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. We're created for the glory of God. You're created to worship God. You're created to live out His purpose in your relationships, in your friendships, in your career. God created you to live in His purpose. If we're settling for less than that, or maybe you've never experienced that, maybe you know God in a religious way, or you know about Him through a family member or friend, but today can be your day to respond afresh. Christians, sometimes we get distracted and overwhelmed and lose sight of who God has called us to be. Revelation 21, 23 says, there's what he saw in heaven. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. How awesome was the full moon last night? It's just beautiful. In heaven, it says, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light. And the lamp is its lamp. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good, good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you realize when you love and care for your neighbor, for a new Christian, for someone who's in pain or offended or broken or traumatized, you are releasing the opportunity for the glory of God to fill their life. What, what an incredible privilege. That, that makes our acts of compassion and kindness and love and care takes it to a whole nother level. When you're caring for a family member who's ill or has long-term disabilities, you can get worn out in the process unless you realize that you are bringing glory to God. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.